Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. It is 8.43 on February 26th. This is Riding Walks, and I'm your guide, Alex Etelander. Once again, you can probably tell by the quiet that I am not out in nature enjoying a nice walk and talking to you about riding. I did have bold plans of doing it. The weather this last week has been just glorious. We've been... Mid-70s to high-70s, sunny days every day, and it looks like it's going to be that way next week, too. So it really can be better weather. Um, we are hoping for more rain in a couple weeks because our rain level, our precipitation, is really low for the year. But um, the weather's been great, as I said, and ideal, really, for recording and writing walks. But my schedule has been kind of out of whack. And then I actually lost my little lapel mic for a day or two can remember where I put it last, and that kind of affected my schedule for recording as I needed it for doing my writing walks. Long story short, again, as I said before, but I really hope our next writing walks for April, I'll be outside somewhere in nature at one of our regional parks. I got a nice new pass for Christmas from a family member, so I'm able to get access to any of the regional parks here for free, and I'm looking forward to taking advantage of that. So, today's episode, we are going to be talking about, as usual, two topics. Firstly, adverbs, the dreaded adverbs. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about journaling. And then I'll finish up the episode with a recommendation. Adverbs. A lot has been written, opined, commented, critiqued about adverbs. Some writers love them, some writers hate them, some writers can't live without them, some writers detest them to their very graves. I believe Ernest Hemingway was a particular writer aboard to the adverb. Uh, just to make it easy, the adverbs are those words that end in L-Y. Extremely. Fashionably. Hurriedly, expoundingly, and surprisingly. I've, I think, over the years kind of switched, not so much, I've kind of been more in the middle, kind of okay with them, but I've switched maybe a little back and forth to hating them a little more, but still okay with them, or liking them a little more, and kind of, again, being kind of centrist, but going a little bit either way, but nothing actually extreme either way. And I've come now in my later years of writing and creative writing in my career to just accepting them and that they can be used when necessary and they can be the perfect word, the perfect instance to use them to create a feeling, a sense, a specific tone to what you're writing. But there is definitely a slippery slope to adverbs that they can become too easy to use. The quick, 
turn to when you're writing. Now, I will say with first drafts, when you're doing that, you might find it is just easier just to throw in this adverb here or there or in multiple places. And that's okay, as long as you're aware of what you're doing and that when you come to it again later in your subsequent rewrites, drafts, editing, that you're aware that this was an adverb that was thrown in there and that you could write something better, create something better from the sentence that will give more of an evocative feeling, detail, sense. The thing with adverbs is they're the quick way of giving a feeling. With that L-Y, you're just putting it to a new level of whatever it is instead of actually describing it. In some ways, I create it with the kind of rule of show, don't tell in writing, and I'm not sure if I've covered that in a previous episode, but if not, I definitely should do um, that topic sometime. But the idea there is that when you're just telling a story and recounting what happened and what went on, it's all kind of past tense and has already happened. Whereas with your, when you're showing it, you're giving more detail, more nuance, more atmosphere to the whole scene so that it kind of clues in the reader a lot better than just being told a story, regurgitating it, and kind of takes life away from it when you're doing it that way. Doing it as it's happening, giving it more life, just brings the story closer to the reader and makes it feel more exciting. I do feel the same can be said for when you're using adverbs, that if you're just going to throw in an adverb, and especially if you're using multiple adverbs on a page in a chapter, it becomes the easy way out, the kind of almost cop-out in some ways, the almost like quick exit instead of going through the scenic view, the full detail, doing the full work of writing and giving the full story that you should be doing. Because when you're in the moment of writing that scene, if it's an action scene, uh, descriptive scene, whatever it might be, when you're falling to that adverb to just quickly give the sense, the feeling, the emotion, the tone, the detail that you want, it's a quicker way of doing it that's making it easier for you and not forcing you to describe it better, to create it better, to imagine it better, to, to give it more of a shape and a foundation than you would have by just using the adverb. You should put in the work to make it a better scene, a better sentence, a better story. And as I said again, this can be subsequent drafts. doesn't always have to be in that first draft. But I do feel if you find yourself just quickly turning to adverbs all the time, it definitely takes away from the story. It weakens the story. It takes away from that foundation, as I was saying, and there's less, you know, support for the story to sit on and i definitely feel this is true for you know kind of pulpy trashy quick stories novels that don't have much work in them that you go through really quick and barely think about and we've all read these before we know what they're like and we see those adverbs and it's just the quick almost emotionless you just get a quick little feeling but no depth to that emotion from these adverbs that are used so you want to put in that work. You want to craft that sentence and make that story better. There's one particular adverb that has become, I will say, my nemesis, my most hated adverb. And that is surprisingly. 
you may have noticed when I was listing adverbs earlier that I did that one last and was particularly evocative in how I spoke it. <laughs> and that's because I hate the adverb, surprisingly. That's one I really do detest. Because it's the easiest one to do when you're in a specific situation that is surprising. To just say, surprisingly, this happened. It happened surprisingly. Instead of actually, again, setting the scene, describing it well, and then making the surprising action happen and describing it correctly and putting the work into it of making it a more complex and interesting scene. I feel so many writers do this where they'll just throw in the surprisingly instead of actually doing the work and making it a much better and stronger story. However, there are some cases, and it's happened a few times to me, as much as I hate to admit it, where surprisingly is the perfect word that fits in that sentence in that scene, the only word that works to tell the story you want to tell. And I've, like I said, I've had a few of them before, and I've tried all I can to get rid of it, but whenever I try to do that extra work and create a sentence in a different way, it just becomes too wordy, too much of it, and needs to be edited down, and surprisingly is the only word that fits. And this can be, again, applied to to adverbs in general, where you will be crafting that sentence to make it more interesting and complex instead of using the adverb, and it just becomes a kind of bloated thing that is too big and that the adverb does the job correctly. And there are some cases where that adverb just works right, and that's the right word for that right part of the sentence, and that's the one you stick with. And that's okay, as long as you're aware of it and what you're doing and you've done the work to try and see if you can create it in some way without using that adverb. And like I said at the beginning, I've kind of come to accept adverbs as okay, but to not want to use them too often and repeatedly. So that's kind of my opinion on adverbs, and I feel all writers have different ones. So you can come up with your own and decide what works best for you in your writing. Journaling. I believe it was uh, the Right Now podcast by Sarah Ray Warner that did a good episode, I think, on journaling, or at least part of an episode on journaling, and about how she uses journaling to kind of get out feelings and thoughts and emotions and kind of process things she's going through to understand herself better. And it could be kind of almost like a, I might even say therapy tool, a psychological tool to help yourself kind of tap into your conscious and, and kind of write out on the page what you're feeling and what you're going through. And because you're writing it on this page, as opposed to typing it up and putting it in this book that only you have access to, there's a, a freeing sense to it that you don't have when you are typing up in Word or a pro software program, something like that. And she said before she has tons of these journals and has it's taken her some time to get to used to using them in that way and that she does it every day now, a little bit of journaling and just writing and how much that has helped her. So part of my writing goals for the year I've talked about was this journaling which I was going to try, except I was going to do it more as a weekly writing exercise, fictional writing exercise, whatever kind of came into my head, I would just put it down on the paper. It could be short, it could be long, it would be whatever it is, I would be totally free about it, wouldn't be controlling it, and just let it kind of flow out on the paper. And I've been doing this for 
three or four weeks now, and I've really enjoyed it. It has been fun. It has been freeing. I have enjoyed just writing on paper, which I haven't done, you know, long form in a long time. I always type up stuff. That's how I've always done writing. And so, yes, my writing isn't great, but that's okay because I'm the only one who's going to be reading it, and I don't even know how much I will be rereading it in time. It's just been fun to be playing around with this stuff and just letting whatever comes out of my mind onto the page and not feeling it has to become a story or become something else, something that I have to use or take from. It's just whatever I feel like throw it on the page. It's a writing exercise, and that's that. I did say that when I was doing these exercises um, as part of my writing goals episode, that they may turn into short stories or something bigger like that. And I do have a kind of a sense that some of them might, the few things that I've done could turn into something. And then there are a couple of other ones that I know are just what they are. These little writing exercises that will stay there in that book. Maybe one day I'll reread them again. Maybe I won't, maybe I won't be able to decipher them. And maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I did do one actually, that was kind of an interesting little piece that went on for five or six pages about the deep ocean and then following that following week, I actually ended up crafting it into a poem, which was a lot of fun and using the kind of evocative language I did in the exercise to kind of transpose it into the poem, which was fun. And again, this is one of those things of why I wanted to do this, to do things like this, because I haven't written a poem in decades, I'd say. And it's because poetry's never been a big thing with me, but I've done a few in my time. And by having it be in this kind of open-ended journal i haven't felt limited in any way to be okay i'm going to write a poem today and this is what's going to happen but just to randomly do it was a lot more fun that way freeing as i said and now that i've crafted this poem i might eventually go back to it uh, a month or two down the road and start working on it a bit and maybe do something with it so that's been the fun thing about this journaling is stuff has come out of it that's different new Stuff I would never really thought I would come up with necessarily, and I can do what I want with it, or I can do nothing with it, and that's totally okay because it's its own little thing in this journal and doesn't need to go anywhere. So I do highly recommend this as a fun kind of freeing exercise. It's getting me to write some fiction every week, whether I work on anything else fictional writing during the week. I'm still doing this little bit of exercise during the week, which is fun and stretches my creative muscles so i recommend trying it out if you want to do some sort of journal like that or again journaling as i mentioned earlier that sarah ray Warner does or there's dream journaling i mean there's lots of various ways of journaling but there's something definitely to be said about putting words on a page and writing them by pen that makes it different makes it feel new and fresh and freeing I was also happy I've, I'm left-handed, and so writing has been a curse through my life of always smudging ink or pencil. And I was happy to find these pens that said there are no smudge pens, and so far they've worked awesome. So I'm happy about that. No smudging on the page, because that probably would have bugged me a little bit, <laughs> having a little smudge, even though, again, this is a journal that no one else was really going to see except me. But that makes the writing a little easier, knowing I'm not smudging it with this pen. Okay, let's move on to our little recommendation. Well, it's kind of a big recommendation in that I'm recommending a big, long book series. 
I think I recommended before Bernard Cornwell on this show. Um, I'm a huge reader of all his books and I've been reading him for decades. I even got to interview him once long, long ago for my book banter podcast. And that was just a lot of fun. And I've really enjoyed his medieval historical fiction. And then a number of years ago, I started reading the um, Patrick O'Brien Aubrey Maturin series, which I absolutely loved and got through all of that. And I've been reading a number of those series, Horatio Hornblow and all those. And I had recommended to me the Sharp series, which I did try long ago, but didn't really get into. But after doing these various series and being really into the Napoleonic Wars, I now gave the Sharp series a try. This, uh, I think it was started at end of last year, beginning of this year. And I've totally been sucked into them. They're just really fun adventure stories featuring this guy who's starting out lowly in the ranks and then through acts of heroism and bravery manages to get himself promoted because he came from nothing and was totally poor and expected to die and now has kind of risen up in the ranks and is constantly fighting against the upper class people in charge who are there because of their status and their money and aren't very good at the job. Whereas he is fantastic at leading armies and killing people, basically. So it's just a fun adventure story. Some books have been a little weaker, but overall, I've just really enjoyed the series. I'm on book 11 or 12 now, and I think there's 22 of them. And I did just read the other day that Bernard Corwell announced he is writing a uh, I don't know if it's the 22nd or 23rd one, um, due out in fall 2021. So that's exciting. I'll see if I can get through them all by then. But they're just fun. They're pretty short. They don't take long to read. They're easy to get through. He does a really good job of just setting scenes, whether you're in India, you go to Denmark, uh, Portugal, all over Europe, and just like setting the scenes of where you are and what a feel is and just going into detail of what it was like in the 19th century, early 19th century, fighting in these, you know, insane wars against the French. So again, that's Richard Sharp series, and I'd recommend starting at the beginning. It's not required because they do reference earlier ones and cover the little details that are there, and they repeat ad nauseum in each book how the musket or rifle is loaded and how important of a weapon it is in this war and, and repeat stuff like that. So you don't get lost with that. But I recommend starting it from the beginning just because it's fun to see Richard Sharp's character grow and have him, you know, kind of grow in the eyes of the men that become his friends and his part of his battalion and just, you know, really excel. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes with future books. And if you want to try something from the Napoleonic era, I recommend that series. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Writing Walks. As I said, I really hope on the next one I can be out in nature, enjoying the beautiful weather, beautiful nature, and talking to you about writing. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, I do have a Kofi, or coffee, depending on how you say it, uh, K-O-F-I, and that's slash Alex Talander. Or you can also support me on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast, where you support all of our shows. And I did want to mention I recently started a new podcast on tea. So if you're into tea at all, enjoy learning about the history of tea and the effects that it has had on our world and through history and how it is today. I recommend that one. It is called While There Is Tea, There Is Hope. 
and it's available wherever you can get your podcasts. Or if you want to visit our website, our website is t-cast.com. And that's T-E-A-Cast, C-A-S-T dot com. And once again, that's while there is tea, there is hope. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you on the next episode of Writing Walks. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.